Yo, what's up, fam? As always, sending you so much love and gratitude. I am just so incredibly grateful that you take interest in this podcast and listen to these conversations. I love having them and I learn so much from them. I learned a lot talking to Russ Hickman, who is the guest on this episode. I first met Russ in Sedona and he gave me a tattoo, the first tattoo on my hand. It's a cool little snake. And not only did the tattoo come in a unique form and he customized the internal design with the things that we were talking about in our conversation and what he felt I embodied, but he just brought amazing conversation and it was so fun to talk to him that first time and understand part of his story. So I wanted to have him on and shine more of the spotlight onto his perspective because it's beautiful. He's helping people tell their story through art on their body. He is an incredible artist and drops so many cool insights and perspectives around tattoo art in general. And yeah, it was so amazing to have this conversation with him. Please feel free to check out his Instagram, which I've linked in the show notes. If you find yourself in Nashville and want to get a cool tattoo and have an amazing conversation, this is definitely your guy. Thanks for doing this, man. I'm excited. We had such a good conversation in uh, in Sedona. I felt like we really aligned, um, and and so I'm I'm stoked to to dig deeper into uh, into your perspective and your story. I appreciate that, man. I feel the same. I mean, those those moments, especially when I get to tattoo people, uh, anytime, but uh, but also at that event, it just becomes so intentional. And you've obviously, I mean, yeah, we we resonated. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm stoked, and I'm honored that you asked me. You know, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, hell yeah, man. I have tattoos all up on my arm and and so I've I've experienced the process of getting a tattoo and and my tattoos have um they have deep meaning around them and I've always, you know, understood it from from my perspective around it being a part of my story and a part of my journey, but hearing it from you around the artist and it being your medicine and tattoo tattooing as a medicine i think it it is art and it is creativity and it is a piece of you and your and your heart that you are giving to people and so like if someone is completely foreign to that concept like how how yeah. would you explain that to them specifically with tattooing it may be tough just because you got to kind of know the thing you know yeah. but but i i think i would first maybe try to try to ask them what their passions are, what they're super into that, that gives them some fulfillment and then go from there. But, uh, but with that said, um, I think part of it's because it just involves such a trust and, and it's, and it's a, it's more of a trust that you normally receive or give with strangers, you know, like 
we do stuff every day where we're driving down the highway like 75 miles an hour and we go right past another car the opposite direction and we trust a stranger in that way and that's crazy to think about right but with this, you know, sometimes, especially in a pandemic and stuff, we barely trust people as we walk past them in the grocery store. And I have people that walk into my studio and I, you know, I hold a lot of value and a lot of gratitude for not only that they're like financially helping me provide and, and, and giving me a job, but like they're walking in maybe for the first time ever meeting me and they're trusting me with their body, you know? And so that level of a exchange of trust, I believe already comes with a pretty spiritual aspect, you know, like not to overuse that word, but like it just comes with such a deep, um, you know, commitment that, that it already lends itself to the kind of vulnerability that comes with quote unquote medicine or, or transformation or life, a life changing, but at the very least forever memorable experience. Not only that you have the constant reminder on your body of that experience, but hopefully the actual experience is what is what brings you more happiness than that tattoo does the rest of your life. Because that thing's going to age, it's going to change, it's maybe going to mean something different to you than when you first got it. Maybe it's your, you know, old like high school logo, and you don't give a shit about it anymore. Whatever it is, it's like. But I think, especially as like. Uh, you know, I've been a tattoo client longer than I've been a tattooer. You know, I've been getting tattooed for 20 years. I've been tattooing for almost nine. So I've experienced that end of it so much. And now that I'm on the other side of it, uh, I try to have a solidarity there and understanding that no matter what, when they come into my studio or they're, they're exchanging this thing with me, I want them to have a better experience than I had at some times whenever I was getting tattooed and then have exactly the same experience I had in other times. And at the very least, that the, the, the conversation, the service that I give them, the end product, even the price that I, that I give them at the end or whatever it is, that they, that they feel better leaving my studio than when they came in. And, and if it gets deeper than that, then that's great. And I'm all for it. But I'm not going to push it on anybody, obviously, because some people are just on different pages. But, you know, the whole process is uh, again, so involved, involved. Um, and then also I think tattooing as a practice and as a, uh, like sacrament, um, it's ancient, Yeah, you know, it's, it's been around in our culture, not our culture, America, but like say anthropologically speaking and in in our, and as humans, arguably it's the oldest art form that exists because, you know, cutting your skin open or putting like ash into your skin to mark what tribe you're a part of, or just even fiddling around whenever, you know, people were learning how to make fire and crap, they, they would realize they could do these things before paper existed or before there was sculptures, you know? And so I think that that like ancestry that I get to be a part of has a lot of magic and has a lot of, um, I don't know. I, 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 it, it almost like it needs to be honored more than it is sometimes because of that history. And I, and I'm, and I'm truly like grateful and humbled to like be a part of that. And that, that wasn't even necessarily like why I got into it initially, but it's definitely become way more of that over the time that I've, I've been a tattooer and realized that, you know, whoa, like 
I can provide a lot more value in this than just giving a piece of art. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, so to make it full circle in some ways, it's like, so what do you like to do, man? Like make it that also, cause it's totally possible. You know what I mean? Like it's totally possible to make m- being a mechanic or, you know, being a doctor or being a school teacher, especially a, a, like an impact greater than the thing itself, you know? And that's exactly it, right? It's the intention behind it. And it's never, it's never really the, it's not the what, it's the how we do it and why we're doing it. And when that, yeah. that intention and that energy is brought to the thing that you're doing, like you said, you could, you could be in a, a corporate office and you're going to a cubicle every day and you're working with numbers, you're doing accounting, but you fucking love working with numbers. You're just like, yeah. this lights me up. Like I, this fulfills me, this fills my heart and I love it. And I show up every day with that gratitude that I get to do this thing that fulfills me. Um, well, and I think that, I think that partially, sorry to interrupt, but I think no, partially, you- I partially think that part of my quote unquote success as a private studio in a very booming city that is Nashville, that's, you know, on the map these days, big time and everyone's moving here. It's like, I think it's been partially what's created my demand is that people can see the joy and fulfillment it gives me. And so, like you said, with an accountant or whatever else that kind of gets portrayed as a mundane, you know, just regiment that like, if you're trying to sell yourself and you're trying to get more successful and also on top of all the other things that are important when it comes to a career, if you're trying to make more money and get more successful, like at the very least have some joy. Because people are going to see that in you and then be like, well, this other accountant I heard is like way better, but this other accountant, man, he just seemed like he really loves what he does, you know? And I, I'd rather be around that and work around that and involve myself in that than the guy that barely spoke to me and seems like he's just dry. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I think, really. I think that that's what people have also like why I've resonated with people and why word of mouth has been a big part of like my career versus Instagram or versus me doing any kind of advertising, which I've never done. It's like, I think people go, man, I love my tattoo I got. And hopefully this sounds as like, not, you know, I don't know, prideful as it may sound, but it's like, I love the tattoo I got, but man, I just loved hanging out with Russ. And he challenged me and he brought up some stuff that was deep, you know, and, and I really feel like that almost had like a therapy session. You know what I mean? Oh, and, yeah. and so that's added, a, I think that's added a lot of value to my reputation here in the area and surrounding areas where people come to me and I stay busy is just that, that, uh, others see the value beyond that, that they thought they were just coming in for a tattoo and they, they, they maybe received a lot more, you know? Yeah. It's that something about that energy and that intention and that joy and that open heart, it's like a magnet. It's like a, it's like a right. radio tower. Like you put up your radio tower and people get the signal and they, they start, they feel it, they get pulled to it. And then it spreads through word of mouth. And, and it, it really is. It's that, that energy that resonates at a certain level and you feel it, you know, like I've, yeah. uh, I've, I've had plenty of tattoo experiences and they, they've all been great. But the one, the one with you was like by far 
you know, and, and no, no disrespect to my guy here in New York. Cause I've had great conversations with him and, and, um, had amazing experiences, but I, you know, I look at the, my snake on my hand every day and, and I, I brings that up. It brings up the conversation that we had and just the connection, um, of just hanging out. And it was, yeah. you know, so it, it, it adds so much depth to, to the meaning around it. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you saying that, man. I mean, that means a lot because again, there was a time where I think that I didn't quite understand why I would be busy or like why I was booked out because I didn't, maybe I had more self-criticism with my work and didn't think I was really producing an amazing product or anything. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm going to roll with it. I love being busy. It's, it's job security and it's and it, and it puts food on the table. And, um, but I didn't probably quite understand that well, I, I just have always strived in my life in general, hopefully and at times I fail, but like just to be me, you know, and then, and then the whole, like your vibe creates your tribe mentality of like, well, if I'm just myself and if some people that, that doesn't resonate, then it weeds out the people that I'm not supposed to interact with this. And quite honestly, you know, with that amount of things that go on with tattooing, like sometimes I'm with someone that I just met for maybe four, five, six hours. And if we don't click, it can be kind of miserable. You know, it can just, and not that there's like animosity or like there's, there's, you know, uh, arguments and stuff, but it's more just like, you know, I want to hang out and I want to get to know each other. And if I'm myself, then a lot of times as well, it allows the other person to be there themselves when they see that I'm relaxed and I don't have a wall up then, then hopefully they realize, oh, I can put my guard down as well. And again, that kind of comes naturally talking more about like, again, tattooing specifically, that wall is already down in some ways because of the trust they're, they're, they're about to like, you know, give me, like they yeah. already are vulnerable because it's a vulnerable thing to then go, Hey, here's my arm or my chest or whatever. Um, I want you to, to I want you to change, change it forever. You know, and yeah. they're, they're walking in and they've, sometimes never even seen my studio before like that's daunting and so you walk in already with that veil open um and so more times than not because of that clients are more receptive to like vulnerable conversation or being more like dude i hear stuff from clients that like their own spouses don't know you know what i mean like i hear about stuff that they've never told anyone else i i've found out i've found out people like I've found out that their wife is pregnant before they've told their old family, you know what I mean? Like yeah. stuff like that. And I'm like, Whoa, you know, and this is coming so like organically, but again, that sacredness that I do find in tattooing and hold in tattooing without it being without, without also trying to put it on a pedestal that maybe it doesn't deserve. I, I, um, I just believe that that history, like that richness that I was speaking of earlier, just, like lends itself to that because of the practice that it is and because of the the um the beauty that that it is and that's also why it hasn't freaking gone anywhere you know it's existed for so long and right now it's as popular as it's ever been and probably ever yeah you know so and yeah i've i mean it the the truth will prevail always and it's it's like that that ritualistic approach and and understanding of it and the um just that energy that it brings it's there and you know i think for a while we saw kind of the judgment 
towards it and in, in culture and in society of like uh, the perception of people who would have tattoos. And now it's completely pushing through that. Like that's it's oh, yeah. evolving more and more every day and it's becoming so much more of a normalized thing. And then now it's turning into understanding how special it really is. And I've never thought, you know, I've, I'm, I've seen, you know, Aborigine tribes and different um, different tribes and ancient civilizations that would have the the markings and the tattoos, but I never put two and two together around what you just said about how it is essentially the oldest form of art. It is the most ancient form of art, and I think people will get you know tribal tattoos and, right. and even realize that like that is why it's called a tribal tattoo because tribes used to get it as markings as um, uh, you know, coming, coming of age ceremonies and yeah. rites of passage and, and different things like that. And so I've, have you, I was, it was their, it was their like team logo. Yeah. Like it, was what yeah. Separ- it was like, it's what separated them out from the other tribes. You yeah. know, it's like, it's like how you would know your people before there was uniforms. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Have you gone into uh, like the history around different locations and tribes and areas and kind of like read up uh, on that type of stuff? Yeah, uh, I would say I would say minimally, but probably a lot more than a lot of people Um, and maybe maybe more than some tattooers and then and then way less than others. Um, A lot of tattooers, especially here in America, get really, really um, caught up. And I don't mean that negatively, but caught up in. American traditional tattooing and and the history of American tattooing, which is uh, has its own value and is in a beautiful thing, but it, it isn't that old, really. Um, so yeah, I've definitely because of my interests already and and how I I tend to resonate more with um, tribal cultures and and Africa and and the history of of our world and even like how we are who we are, you know, sociologically and anthropologically speaking. Then yeah, it, I've I've dove in a little bit, and I have a I have a a, a friend, if you will, like a, a acquaintance that's actually here in Nashville, that is an anthropologist, and he works for the state of Tennessee, and so he's actually written a couple books that I have that it's really cool because he he his only tattoos on his body have only been done the individual different traditional ways. And they are the only, they are markings from the traditional cultures of that tattoo form like that or that method. And so I've gone to a couple of seminars, you know, I've had one-on-one time with him. I've read his books. And so I would say he's been the majority of my knowledge with it. Um, But yeah, naturally when you're a tattooer, you want to dive more deep into like, you know, the thing you do. Um, But it's really, really rad because he gets to like, it's it's really rad like the anthropological like society or whatever when there's in the area when there's like excavation going on re- in regards to like uh building a new complex or like tearing down buildings to build a big old like apartment complex or whatever right whenever they do the the like explosions and the all the the groundwork to lay the foundations and stuff his his society he's a part of that's a part of the state of Tennessee they actually are required and get to go into that land once it's like all torn up and they get to actually like search it first for artifacts because all that stuff's been like, you know, all tossed around and then it's going to reveal like ancient stuff. So he gets to go in and like find he, they allow him as he gets his work done. Right. 
they allow him on his side to do to use the resources to 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 concentrate on tattooing. So he's found some of the oldest tattoo tools that have been found in the world here in the Nashville area. Like he's literally, and I've seen them, I've touched them. Like it's really cool. Like and he's been tattooed by a couple of them. But we now at Vanderbilt University here in town, one of the top hospitals in the world, has also some of the craziest and most advanced technology when it comes to like microscopes and stuff. And so he has some tools where they can go in with these microscopes and they get to go down to the smallest fibers and find like skin. They can find that these tools that they one time, say in the 80s and things like that, before they had the technology they did, they always attributed it to either just like wall art tools or they attributed it to, uh, you know, hunting tools because it was like pointy. It was sharp. It was, it was, maybe it was, had, you know, some wear and tear from, they thought was like hitting an animal or, but yeah, it was hitting a freaking animal. It was a human, you know, cause they, they now have the technology. It's, it's caught up with the history. They can now look deep down in these things and see that there's actual like skin fiber and there's actual like pigment fiber left that you can't visually see with your eye, but it's there. And so they're like some places that are like in the Smithsonian stuff that are literally like plaqued labeled as hunting equipment. He's now saying they're re examining it and going, actually, most of it is tattoo tools. Isn't that wild? Like that's, that's (laughs) now like, yeah, yeah. So that's like now, that's like now we're catching up with some things that we once thought were that are actually different than what they are or what they, what we thought they were. And so that's to answer your question. That's been a big part of me learning that stuff is like, knowing him and, and, and kind of diving in with him a little bit with like over coffee and then also going to his seminars and, and actually getting to physically touch these things that, that, uh, I think in some ways was a little bit of the transformation for me to have the mentality about tattooing that I do, because I was like, Oh man, like this stuff really is older than I thought and really did have more of an importance in arguably our, the development of human society. Like we, we, that was like, again, one of the things that, that made, um, trust happen was that, that you would have somebody else do this to your body, you know? And, and then I myself have actually, um, I used to, I used to tour full time with bands, which I think we've talked about before. Um, but I used to tour and travel the world with bands and that's obviously opened up my, opened up my mind and my eye to more cultures and being able to interact with other cultures. Um, and I, I've coupled that with my tattooing and, and the passion I have, but it's like, I, I sought that out a little bit whenever I was traveled, you know, I, I, when I was in Australia, I found a place that, that only did true, like Aboriginal art and they had only done it Tabori style, which is a method with a bamboo stick where they poke it in you as opposed to using a machine. And so literally I'm like, a tour manager, we're doing sound check, and I had an appointment booked. This place called Primitive Inc. And literally, like, we get done with sound check, and I run to my appointment through Brisbane, you know, or no, I was in Perth, Perth, Australia, running through Perth in these streets with my like GPS in my hand, not even know where I'm going, the city I've never been to. And I show up, and then I have a piece on my leg that is done in that style by a guy that's never touched a tattoo machine before. And, and that, you know, artistically or whatever, and it's small. It, it is just kind of like whatever to somebody else, but it's truly done that way. And, and I, I almost cherish that tattoo more than anything else that's on my body because of the way it was done, you know? 
So, so yeah, I definitely have dove in a little bit. <laughs> that is fascinating. I've yeah. always wondered what the attraction to the process and the experience of tattoos is. And, um, you know, wondering what kind of like the pain aspect and really that ritualistic aspect has to do with the the pull and the and the want to get a tattoo but as you're explaining this it's it's clearly it's like it's embedded in our in our blood it's in our dna because it is such an ancient form of of art and of of living and trust and so oh that's that's so fascinating yeah, I mean, you could you could almost argue, and I've thought about this before, because I think there's other aspects of us as individuals that maybe are naturally drawn to things, whether it's music, a style of music, or whether it's a, a clothing style, or whether it's like just the way we live, like people that, that naturally are more keen to like want to learn how to hunt or fish, or people that like to do these mechanical things, that a lot of that stuff could arguably be because of your own DNA, like that more than likely you had an ancestor from however long ago that was the, one of the people that helped like build a wheel. And so then that's why you're always drawn to doing this. So I think that's also one of the reasons possibly, again, this is hypothetical, but that why people are drawn to getting tattooed and some people aren't. Maybe their ancestors were a tribe that got tattooed a lot more. And so it's also potentially in them and it, and it could skip generations and stuff, but just like why I'm olive tone and dark complected and dark hair and my brother looks like, you know, more Irish and Scottish. And he's, he's, he's like more pasty than I am. Like, well, our DNA comes out in different ways, you know, even with siblings. And so I think that that same kind of stuff, like interests are also carried in those codes, you know? Yeah. And so again, that's just my own like stoner mind that thinks, you know, through <laughs> stuff. And, and I think that it has maybe some merit, but I have no way to prove it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, it makes sense to me. That de It definitely makes sense to me. What do you think the the what does pain play in that process in that in that experience like do you feel like it's um because i i found myself that a lot of times i've gravitated towards getting a tattoo or wanted a new tattoo when i'm going through things in life where there is uh emotional discomfort and where there is um emotional pain and it's almost like wanting to match that with a a process of physical pain and again i go back to the word like ritual it's kind of like it's like that ritualistic process of of feeling the pain and creating meaning from the pain with art yeah well <laughs> Well, I think, I mean, it's definitely there. You're, what you're talking about definitely exists for sure. You're definitely not unique in that, uh, even though your story is unique with why. But I think it's not unlike the chemicals and the metaphysic reaction that you get from, you know, physical fitness or um, why, unfortunately, there are people that, you know, cut themselves when they're depressed and going through things and don't know themselves or don't um, know how to, how to cope. Um, I think, and I want to dive into this more, you know, on my own and, and hopefully I know there's been, there are some studies happening now in regards to this, but truly what's happening in our brain and in our blood and the chemical release that happens when our endorphins and our adrenal gland, our adrenals are like firing when we're going through struggle at all, but especially when we're going through physical pain, that there is, a healing aspect to that 
And it's the note. It's, it's, it's why we feel a lot better after we work out when we've gone through that shit and it's hard and why sometimes when someone gets in a car wreck afterwards, they're so full of adrenaline, they feel like they could probably flip over their car or why a mom can lift a, a bus off of a little kid when their kid is, you know, underneath it. It's like, there is, there is capabilities there that we, we can't access without help. And so I think that tattooing touches on an aspect of that. It touches on a part of our, our, our overall ability beyond what, again, what we can do without something else happening to make us able to do the thing. And so healing can come from a lot of different ways and pain, I believe is one of the ways that you can experience some catharticism and some healing because it's you're putting, especially when it's tattooing and it's voluntary, you know, unlike a car accident, like this is voluntary. So it's, it's, uh, it's you choosing to do something that's healthier than cutting yourself. Uh, that not only is, you know, a lot of times people too, I think they just look at the symbolism. Like they look at the, the image itself that they're getting is to symbolize this season they're going through. And they're also not realizing that the feeling they're getting while getting that symbol is also giving them what they're desiring, you know, and some people learn it through tattooing. I think I learned that because I've also, my whole body is covered. And so over time, you almost like concentrate less on the art and more on just getting it done because you miss the feeling or you miss what it gives you, you know, and that, that also couples with not just to talk about the negative stuff when it's like bad seasons, but also good seasons, you know, like. I want something else and it makes me feel good whenever I'm able to go through this kind of challenging thing. And it also builds character, you know, it builds character. So it builds some resolve to force yourself to sit in the ice bath. It builds resolve to, to, to sit there and put your arm out and not move and allow this other person to do this thing that sucks. And I tell people all the time, like, if you want the most pain-free tattoo that I can give you, get tattooed the day after I get tattooed, <laughs> you know, because I then remember, I'm like, Oh yeah. Like all these clients that come in and get tattooed by me, this sucks, you know, like, so I commend people every time that they, they, they put themselves through it. Um, but I think again, there's a biological aspect as to why it happens. There's a psychological aspect to why there's benefit. And then there's again, when it involves somebody else and you're going through it together, then there's like this solidarity and partnership and almost like kindred spirit that gets built, uh, even with a stranger because they're the ones doing it to you. And, and more than not, especially with me, we're usually talking through it as well. Like we're talking about both the pain and the reason you're getting that symbol, uh, that piece of art. And so it, it just helps you kind of work through it as well, because it's not unlike having a, a therapist and I'm not trying to say I'm a psychologist or that I'm just as beneficial by any means, but just meaning that putting yourself through that kind of work, no matter what is going to have some, you know, help to step forward or step through the hell you're going to, or, or help you understand better the joy you're going through, you know, cause you're just, you're, you're communicating and conver having conversation with someone that not only you're expressing your thing, but then the tattoo artist is able to like, not only maybe share a similar story or, uh, ask questions that make you break it down more. You know, so you just, you leave with like even a more understanding as to why you came in for the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah completely. And like the process of the collaboration is so cool to me and, and being able to, you know, find this meaning 
that I want to have a tattoo represent and going on this search, you know, and find, you know, going through Pinterest for weeks <laughs> at a time, yeah, 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 finding yeah. all these, these different artworks and then finding one that I like and, and bringing it to a, a tattoo artist. And then they're like, Oh, well, I, I would do it this way. Like I would throw this type of spin on it. And then that's where that trust comes in. It's like, okay, all right. Like I can yeah. see that. And then it is almost not the full uh, scope of how it ends up. Cause then once it's on there, then you add in more detail, obviously for not every one of them, but then sometimes there's more detail added. And so it's almost this like, surprise a little bit um yeah how yeah. it turns out and a lot of most of the time i come away with it like more it, i like it more because yeah. of the collaboration it's like if i would have taken this image to this person and they just did that it wouldn't have had as much meaning they put their their artistic mind and their creativity and their perspective into this piece and therefore it has more meaning to me now. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially I'm gonna I'm gonna take these off and see what happens. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So like, yeah. It's especially whenever you get a tattooer that like literally also cares as much about it as 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 maybe they should or or you know cares about it as much as you're caring about the exchange. The client cares about the exchange. It's it's not just their artistic touch, which albeit you're right, it is that it's their soul. Like yeah. it's their, it's their heart and it's their thing that they like literally have invested a lot of time, money and energy into to learn how to do. And then if they want the best product in the end for you, if they desire that for you, it's also a situation where they're just investing so much of their energy into it that um, you're, you're receiving that whether you like it or not, you know, like, and that can be negative too. If someone's just a negative person, that's a tattooer and having a bad attitude, you got to watch out for that a little bit too, because you can also be affected negatively by, um, a negative tattoo artist, you know, and, and that energy that they're, that they're, that they're like giving you, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I actually, I follow this guy on Instagram. His, uh, his handle is J freestyle. Um, that sounds familiar, but I'm not, I'm, it sounds familiar, but I don't, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm aware of his stuff. Yeah. I does think he do he, everything? Just, does he do like just needle to skin just straight up? Uh, yeah, he does, but he does like crazy portraits and like very trippy. Um, some of them are super dark, but like it's, it's really trippy. And his, his thing on his, uh, on his Instagram account says, give me a piece of your skin and I'll give you a part of my soul. Um, oh wow he's wow. won like he's won a lot where, where, of, where'd you say he is um i'm not sure I, I think oh amsterdam i think okay yeah amsterdam it looks like um but cool. i think one like uh, that seems that seems appropriate for someone that to be like that that's from that place you know that's right? appropriate. <laughs> yeah um but yeah i think he's won like a bunch of uh a bunch of competitions and stuff but his it's it's some of the craziest portraits I've ever seen, but I didn't even really put that together until you just said it about the piece of piece of the soul. Um, cause it yeah. is that energy that someone's bringing in. It could be positive, uh, joyful, heart open energy, or it could be very, it could be very negative. And so it is kind of knowing that you can get that type of experience from people and to be, 
uh, just to discern, you know, and know what, what you're getting into. Yeah. I mean, and we're, you know, us as individuals are not necessarily individuals. We are kind of like mosaics or puzzle pieces of, you know, all of our experiences and all of our interactions and the different things that happen in your life have different effects on you, greater or smaller. And whether it's like you're in the military together or you go to Sedona for an Aubrey Marcus mastermind together, or, you know, you just work together in a cubicle. And so you don't, you could work with somebody for 30 years in the opposite cubicle and not really ever get to know them. So they, their, their effect on you is less than, um, a life altering experience that you go through with somebody that you just met, you know, like random strangers that get trapped in an elevator together and they end up getting married a year later. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just because of the experience. So I think tattooing is such a heightened experience as well, that there's, there's that ability to receive an energy even greater because it's almost like the, the vessels opened up more to receive. And, and also, you know, it just creates that, that connection, that brotherhood or sisterhood, like, um, you know, like any of those other major experiences that, 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 how that happens, you know? Yeah. So that's also why a lot of times people are very loyal to who they go to. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's like not just because they always do create a great quality product on them. That is a part of it and should be. Um, and also, I also will say that that's also what will lend itself for you to be able to give your medicine more and better and have more an effect, whether it's accounting or tattooing, that if you're excellent at it, if you concentrate on getting really, really good, then, but, and, and your passion is to touch people's lives and, and inspire and get inspired, then, you know, get good at it and then get, then you'll be busy and you'll have more clientele. And then you can, you can be that testimony or that, that witness, if you will, to those people, because they're going to come to you because you're freaking good at the thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. Be the best you can be. Um, and I think that's hard when it's, you're in something that's not fulfilling you, you know, you can, you right. can be the best or it's that competitive mindset around, I'm going to be the best because that gives me validation, <laughs> but yeah. it doesn't, it's a completely different way of approaching it. And so it's, it's felt, it's completely felt on the other side. Um, but so you, as you said, you, you toured, uh, around the world with with bands um and yeah. one, of, one of the names you mentioned was uh under oath right you used to tour with yeah under oath. yeah um, yeah and so what was like what was that that switch like that transition of realizing what you were doing wasn't necessarily what you wanted to keep doing and how did that kind of transition into uh, you starting to do tattoos? Um, well, you know, um, the creative bug hit me really in full force, more like I would say my sophomore, junior year of high school. And the outlet, definitely at first, even though I've kind of sketched and stuff my whole life, I never intentionally drew. I never really was like trying to pursue to be an artist. The outlet at first was music. And so, Long story short there, I, I ended up moving out of my hometown in Texas, shout out Wichita Falls, and I moved to Nashville uh, in 2001 to go to school for music business at Belmont University. I studied that for a number of years and then ended up 
hitting the road full time. And again, just thinking that I just wanted to be in the music industry and initially thinking I wanted to be a drummer full time. And, you know, obviously the big dream everyone has is like be in a band and be huge and be the next Foo Fighters or whatever it is. And that's obviously a pretty rare thing to happen. And so then the opportunity came to become a tour manager and travel the world. And again, it is what I wanted to do. Tour managing specifically wasn't really something I necessarily had in mind, but the way it kind of fell into my lap and the way I had skill sets that allowed me to um, learn it well and, and get good at it, um, it was fulfilling for a time. And the experience to travel the world and to experience these cultures and get paid to do it is obviously a very rare thing. And I've always had gratitude for that. And it's definitely shaped me in a major way of, of, of how I am and who I am. And also my ability to interact with people, especially strangers, because that literally was a part of my job every day, walking into new clubs and new venues, literally in, in all over the world. So I'd be dealing with language barrier. I'd be dealing with just culture gaps and I'd be dealing with just new experiences every day. That was like chaos. And so, um, with all that said, I realized uh, really other than like other things in life that were happening, like like a girlfriend that I was getting more serious with and really just thinking about like, well, do I want to be gone 10 months out of the year all the time still and, and try to, you know, sustain a relationship and things like that? Um, those kind of questions. But also, I was starting to feel unfulfilled because I got good at the thing and it became more normal. And then I realized that I was no longer creating. I realized that the job itself was me helping facilitate someone else's creation, which was rad, especially for Under Oath. I've, I've been a fan of theirs for a long time. They became friends. I became an employee of theirs. And the opportunity was indeed huge. And to this day, actually, I was talking to one of the guys in the band yesterday, and, and we had an hour-long conversation about life and stuff. And to this day, I still thank those guys for the kind of like trajectory they put me on by giving me that opportunity. But, but ultimately, I, I felt like I'm still meant to like do my own thing and to create, you know, and to, to um, be a creator, you know. And so I, I firmly believe personally that we are created by a creator. And so within us, all of us is creativity. It just looks a little different for some. And even accountants can be very creative. And, and then obviously artists automatically are coined as creative uh, creatives. Uh, but I think we all have it in us. Um, but me, it's, it's more than some people. And so that desire to be one is more than some people. So um, through my art, like in my interests of like tattoos, like almost just aesthetically because of bands I was into and how that look just looked cool to me. And initially it was also, it was very like surface level. It was just like, oh man, I just think tattoos look rad and I want to get them too. And it looks badass, you know? I, I Over the course of getting tattooed, it made me fall in love with tattooing more, especially traveling and getting tattooed in places and learning about the different histories and then um, really a guy named Mike Parsons, who is one of my close friends and he was a groomsman in my wedding and, uh, who I consider my original mentor into tattooing, even though he didn't actually teach me to tattoo, he's tattooed me the most on my body than anybody else. And so going through that season of like trying to figure out if I still want to tour full time, if I really want to do this forever. Cause I could, and I was getting big opportunities, like bigger than what I was doing with under oath. It was like, you know, go out with Queens of the Stone Age or go out with Nine Inch Nails or go out with Beck. It was like, I was like, holy crap, 
this could now become what I do for life, which could be cool. But again, it comes at a cost, which is like, I missed as an example, like I'm being on tour. I was in Australia or New Zealand or something. I was on the other side of the freaking globe when my grandpa died, when my poppy died and the funeral was like four days later and I couldn't get there and stuff like that, you know, friends, birthdays or weddings or whatever else, like big events with community and with people that I cared about and that were part of my life and I was a part of theirs, I was missing out on, you know? And so all those conversations were being had and a lot of them were actually being had with Mike Parsons while tattooing me. And he's tattooed me now for 70 hours, you know? And so coupled with him, you know, uh, having those conversations with me and understanding where I was coming from as a tattooer himself, um, and also having different careers and job changes that led him to become a tattooer. Um, you know, it made me fall in love with tattooing more like watching him tattoo so much. And actually, I think if you sit there and watch someone build a chair for 70 hours, you kind of figure out how to build a chair. Yeah. You, you at least get someone, even if you don't even touch your hands on the wood ever, you kind of get a grasp and you, 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 you get ingrained with some of the thing itself without ever even practicing the thing. And so I think that I was already able to also go into this with a little bit of like a quite a bit of experience because of how often I was getting tattooed and how much I was getting tattooed already. But, but yeah, he was the one that was basically like, I hear you, man. Well, like, you know, cause the question for me was always like, but I don't know what I'm going to do next. You know, I, if I quit touring, I don't know what I'm going to do next. And he just goes, well, dude, I've seen some of your artwork and you're not a bad artist. And you're clearly like investing a lot of time and energy and money into getting tattoos and you love it. Like you get, you collect, like he's not the only person that tattooed me, you know, and he saw me like on that journey and he's like, have you ever thought about just being a tattooer? And I was like, uh, I can't do that. You know what I mean? Like looking at it from the outside in, it's just looks impossible. It looks so foreign and it looks so like, and also I guess some of that too, like starting over is scary. and also knowing that it's a thing you got to commit your like life to in a lot of ways to learn it just to learn it takes years you know and that's daunting so there was hesitation there but it was like oh my gosh well maybe i could do that and i've got this guy that i look up to that i really like um i was like enamored by him i was a fan of his and sought him out to start getting tattooed and then i was fortunate enough to become really close with him where i was like staying at his house whenever he would then I'd have sessions booked at his tattoo shop and I became close with his wife and him and would stay with him when I would travel to go to get tattooed by him and stay with him for a few days after my appointment. So I was getting a lot of that fed into me of just like some confidence within it and hearing his journey of like, yeah, man, the beginning of the years, it sucks. Like you suck at it and you got to suck just like anything else. When you're learning, you're going to be horrible at it and you got to get past that. And so he, he equipped with the, equipped me with a lot of like confidence that he, really spoke into me like, Russ, I believe that you can do whatever you set your mind to. And so, so yeah, uh, 2008, um, was the year I kind of transitioned out of touring full time. And I still had some prior commitments that I already say yes to that I needed to fulfill, but it was the year I was going to start saying no to new things. And that was the first go at it. I, I sought after an apprenticeship, which is for those listeners right now, like don't teach yourself how to tattoo out of your house, go 
go the right way. And just like in martial arts, like learn from a master, get handed your belts over time and, you know, get like, um, I don't know, like what the word is I'm looking for, you know, affirmed. You want to get affirmed by someone that knows what they're doing and sees your progress so that you know that you're not screwing up, you know, and you're not going to have to relearn a bunch of stuff, a bunch of bad mistakes. Um, so I sought after that in 08 and, um, the long story short there is it, it didn't work out. I, I actually learned under a guy I'd been tattooed by twice, didn't know him real well, but it turned out that he was a full blown heroin addict. And I worked, it was a really, really like dark shop, just very dark meaning, you know, not good spirits and dealing with an addict and the things that came along with that were obviously extremely trying and, and eventually just kind of completely took over the apprenticeship. Like I was basically then at, at that point, just trying to help him get clean and there wasn't much learning. I did one tattoo. Um, I was just, you know, the shop bitch and just mopped and cleaned and watched him tattoo like crazy and ended up kind of running the shop as the apprentice. But really there was just so much like negativity and conflict and, um, it was just, it was just not a good environment to stay in. And so I think it was like seven or eight months in, I just, I pieced out. And in the state of Tennessee, for those that don't know, like you have to do at least a year long of an apprenticeship before the, before the artist can then release you as a licensed tattooer. So, and you can't carry that over to another tattooer. If you have six, seven months experience, it doesn't start, it, it starts over. And if you quit and, and also, you know, so it was a big choice no matter what, because I was basically like, if I quit this now, then I do have to start over with somebody else and they can hold you longer for a year. So I'm also like, well, and while you're an apprentice and learning, you're not making any money. And so I had a job at Michael's working from 5 a.m. to noon. I would take a shower and then I would change into clothes and get to the shop by one o'clock and be there till 11 p.m. six days a week. You know, so I had I had been through it. So it was a lot to like back out on. But I, in my gut and also for my own general health, it was just, I needed to, to quit. So yeah. So in 2008, the very end of that, that year, I think I, I backed out and then, um, I had a four year window there where I was back to trying to figure it out again and thought that tattooing wasn't the thing I was supposed to do because this experience was so bad that not only one, I was like, well, I, I have some resolve, but I don't think that this is how it's supposed to go. Right. And then I kind of had that thing where like, well, maybe this happened the way it did because it's not supposed to be, you know, maybe it's, it was so such a resistance because it was like, no, you know, whether it's God or whatever saying this wasn't your path. So I wrestled with that for four years. Um, I started a nonprofit with a friend of mine. I, I, worked at a drum company called Minel. They're, one of their headquarters is here in Nashville. They're, they're like Western Hemisphere headquarters are here in Nashville. Um, I got that job through my touring years of knowing the A&R guy there. And, um, you know, I, I, become a, I became a personal trainer. Um, I was just like searching and trying to figure it out because what it turns out to be is I've, I was supposed to be a tattooer, you know, <laughs> but I was just doing all these other things, still trying to find the thing and still trying to find the answer to the question as to why it didn't work out. And I even like thought about going back on the road again because I was like, I'm good at that. And I am, I've already been successful at that. So, and I've got opportunity there. I could call up a couple of people and probably get a job right now. You know, I'm not trying to be conceited, but it's just also how that, that community works. It's a lot smaller than people think. If you know the right people, then they'll hire you, you know, because more times than not, if you're halfway decent at the job, 
they, they just want people out there that they can know they can rely on and that will show up to work and not be an asshole. So another friend of mine I'd met because I'd gotten tattooed by him and things like that. I met him on Warp Tour on tour. He was tattooing on Warp Tour with the band Hawthorne Heights. He was traveling with them just tattooing for like, I don't know, a week or something. So on Warp Tour, I got tattooed by him back again. My, this is kind of backtracking, but I got tattooed by him on Warp Tour in like 2006, I believe it was. And we really hit it off and we stayed friends. So then fast forward to like 2012, I was a personal trainer. The gym I was working at was like a boutique gym. It wasn't like a Gold's or something. It was like a small little like boutique gym that was across the street from his private studio. And we were all friends, like the gym owner and the, him and I were like close. So that's also why we kind of all stayed in that little like spot. Um, so I would like have personal trainer clients in the mornings. I'd have a boot camp I taught at a community center down the street. And then I'd be like in the middle of the day, personal trainers' lives are like morning and night. Like in the middle of the day, they usually have much going on because people are at work or whatever. So in the middle of the day, I would go over and hang out with him at his tattoo studio just while he was tattooing people and like just hang out and shoot the shit and watch him tattoo because he was a buddy. Like I was in his wedding, you know, we were friends. And so that conversation came up back, back up again because he knew me whenever I started that first apprenticeship. He knew that I didn't like stick it out and he knew why I didn't. And so one day randomly, I don't, maybe it was in context, but right now in my head and my memory, which changes all the time. Sometimes <laughs> I remember it. I remember it being that he just goes while he's sitting there tattooing somebody, you know, tattooing their arm and I'm sitting in a chair kind of like 10 feet away from him. He's just like, Hey Russ, like, have you ever like wanted to tattoo again? Like learn how to tattoo again. And I, I just was like, honestly, man, I do think about it quite a bit. Like I think about why that one didn't happen. And I think about like how much I thought that it was what I was supposed to do. And I, and I, it, yeah, it's a question for sure. And he's just like, as my bro and as a guy that owns a private tattoo studio, he was like, I'll teach you how to tattoo in a heartbeat, man. So I was like, really? And that night I had a conversation with my wife about starting over. I had a conversation with Terry who owned the gym, who was friends with Ian. And I was like, knew the deal. And I was like, Hey, could I adjust my schedule and have my personal training clients? I could book them how I need to then go over and apprentice with Ian whenever he needs me there. And he's like, absolutely, dude, I want to, I want to give you, you know, that opportunity as well. I want to help you do that. So it really was a collaborative effort. And so then I started saying thing, the schedule went back to crazy. Cause I was like, personal training, 5 a.m., personal training, 6.30 a.m., boot camp at 8.30 a.m. that I taught, uh, maybe like a 11 o'clock client, but usually I was kind of done, take a shower, change clothes, walk across the street to the tattoo studio, be there from noon to 6, 6.30 o'clock, or 6.30 o'clock, <laughs> 6.30 p.m. client, personal training client, 8 o'clock boot camp class, 9 o'clock uh, stretching class, that I taught in like an abs class. And then I was usually done by 1030 at night. And I did that six days a week for a year or so, a little less than a year, probably during that first year of an, a new apprenticeship. And so not only was I grateful for that opportunity and also the kind of relatively the ease of it, because I was able to like walk across the street and back and forth. And it was really, really like set up really well for me. Um, and I'm thankful for that. But also I tell people that whenever they want to accomplish a goal is like, dude, it may suck for a freaking time, but it's a blip on the map whenever you're like 
nine years deep. You know, like whenever you're, you'll look back and have gratitude and realize, man, I can't believe I was capable of that, or I can't believe it happened that way, or I can't believe I was pulling those kind of hours. But if you really feel strongly enough that not only you want to get good at something, but also it's like so strong in your soul that you're supposed to do that, then you'll do whatever it takes. And usually it takes more than you want to do, but it's, it's exactly how much you need to do, you know? And so that's kind of how it went down. Cause then, you know, like that, I did that for, I did that schedule for a little less than a year and essentially the transition into like, once I was a print, once I was still an apprenticeship and I was able to start kind of charging a little bit and doing more tattoos and basically financially, I was able to make the same amount of money doing the occasional apprenticeship tattoo for 20 bucks or 50 bucks or whatever. And I was making the same amount of money as I was personal training. I quit personal training and then just committed to tattooing only a few months later, got licensed by Ian and, you know, state of Tennessee. And then the rest has been, you know, where we're at. So it's, it's been wild. I mean, it's wild to even talk about it right now because I forget sometimes where I can get desensitized to that process and that that existed because it also seems like it's like light years away, even though now that I'm almost out, it hit nine years of tattooing it. It's like, how did it, how's it already here? How am I already at like closer to a decade of doing something? You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's nuts. Yeah. You know? What a journey that is. Yeah. That is crazy. Spirals and loops all around, you know? Oh yeah. Like, well, you know that graph, that graph when they, and I'm not saying I'm necessarily like successful. I think I'm successful because I'm fulfilled by yeah. something that also provides me income. Right. And, and that my life is set up with a fairly uh, decent amount of ease in a, in a regards that I, I do, I do truly love what I do, but there's like that graph of like success and the, the kind of like the way people think success, success works is like the, the chart of a straight line going from the bottom to the top. But then it says in reality, success looks like this. And it looks like a three-year-old try to draw a giraffe. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it scribbles all, all over yeah, the place. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like the, Oh, I, I lost your audio. Uh, we were talking about the, the scribbles though, the scribbles on the graph. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 I think that's, I think that's almost always the case because I think even people that get it handed to them, say it's they come from a lot of money or they, they inherit a business. Well, then from that point moving forward, it still looks like that. Yeah. It still looks like that. You still have to maintain the thing you were handed. Yeah. That's why I don't like the silver platter metaphor because I'm like, I don't care if someone was handed a silver platter. From that point moving forward, they still got to hold it. They still got to maintain that thing. Yeah. You know, and there's an honor there. Like they got to honor their their parents or whoever else that gave them the thing, they got to fulfill the expectation of that thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 100%. So, I mean, yeah, that, that whole silver platter thing comes down to judgment and perception. You know, people thinking that if you're, if you're handed something, oh, well then that automatically means that your life is just, it's golden. You're good. You, you made it, but then all that weight is there. Then you have to deal with all of that weight and it's just different. There's, there's not really a way to compare it. Um, so well, where- there, it's a, it's a tattooer named, no, it's a tattooer named Nico Hurtado that actually said that in a seminar that I went to of his, that said that thing about don't, don't shit on the silver platter people because they still have to now do the thing. Oh, you know, yeah. it just yeah. may have taken you longer to get there, but then, yeah. 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 It's so true. So true. Where along, the the path did um spirituality 
come in and and you know i uh you have been a part or you became a, a member of fit for service when it first started right right yeah i was i was one of the original members okay and, in, and in the, how, january of 2019 okay and how long before that were you um you know diving deeper into the i guess spiritual identity of yourself well in, in some ways but minimally most of my life just because i was actually like very much raised in a christian household and okay. and christianity is a spirituality even though a lot of christians may not want to say that that way because it's too woohoo or whatever yeah. but it's like that was at least my that was at least my introduction to like to like faith in something bigger than myself and like like a spiritual practice um and so that was there but it's you know again it's american and it's very kind of expected in a small town in texas and it's just what you do is you go to church and all those things so i think in a lot of ways uh it was touring and then it was um it was really like was it like six years ago now i think that i had something happened to me where it was like the rug got pulled out from underneath me. Like yeah. I really thought the foundation was, was strong and it involved like a personal relationship and, 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 and being very hurt, uh, by this person. And it, it just, it was both, both, both one of the best and worst thing that that's ever happened to me. And it was a, it was a fork in the road moment because I had that option. Like we talked about earlier, I think before we started recording about, you have a choice to either go down the road of bitterness and anger and, and resentment, or you have the, the choice to go down the road of growth and humility and grace and, uh, and, and beauty. And so through that was a catalyst, even though like some of that foundation was there of spirituality through Christianity and also a lot of interest in other things outside of Christianity, even though I wasn't necessarily claiming anything or like, um, diving as deep into it because I was raised a certain way. Yeah. Um, and some of the shame that comes along with that as well, like that I, that I, you know, don't like, um, that, that experience of that rug getting pulled up underneath me and having that hurt happen from a close friend, it sent me in such a hole. Like I really, really got depressed and I really got dark and I really got, uh, I did get resentful at first and I did get very confused and and it was an identity crisis and it was uh it was um it was just heavy you know and that experience made me realize that i had to figure myself out more and i had to rely on more things outside of me and i had to dive deeper into why am i experiencing it this way and why did it happen to me and um how am I going to get through the other to the other side and, and be more and be cleansed through it, like come out refined as opposed to to more beat up? And, you know, I forget who said this originally, but I remember I, I heard Steve Harvey, of all people, say this, that when you're in hell, the only way to get out of it is through it. Yeah. You can't go around it. You can't jump over it. You can't traverse it. You have to actually like go through hell to get out of hell. And so I kind of allowed myself to do that. I allowed myself to go through hell and I probably sat in it a little too long. I was definitely less uh, resilient and less thick skinned in some way and less knowledgeable of certain tools and certain practices to help me through it at the time than I am now. Um, 
but it was also because of it that I learned how to get those tools and learn how to tell more people and be more vulnerable and, and, uh, get back to some things that I know are healthy for me, like physical fitness and stuff like that. I consider myself a fairly healthy fit guy and, a and, you know, physical appearance or whatever it is like that's icing on the cake. But like for me, pushing myself physically through jujitsu and working out and, and, and yoga and, and meditative practices and things like that, they're, they become such a necessity to allow me to feel more myself than, than I do without it, you know? And so, um, I would really say that was the moment that it was really big and has brought me more so to where I am today with things than, than previous was, was that big hurt, that big moment, that big life-changing experience that I had, um, forcing me into a choice and forcing me into, to finding resources and seeking help and, and all those kind of things. Um, and so I, I, I think I gained so much value out of being helped and healed through it that I also realized that I just wanted to keep on pursuing it. And I wanted to keep on not only learning more about it, but also I started to see the value in it so much that I wanted to tell more people about it and to live. I want to be more of an example than, than just telling you, you know, I want my, I want the way I live my life and who I am to make you go make, maybe cause some curiosity. Like, how are you the way you are, dude? You know what I mean? I would rather that, that I think that has more longevity and has more, it's more authentic than just being a teacher of things that you probably don't even really practice it. Yeah. Um, that's, I don't want to be a salesman. Um, but it's like, you know, you just get so into something that you get passionate and passion, you know, almost, um, births, you know, wanting more education and then the education comes knowledge and then knowledge comes sharing and, and the sharing of it brings me a lot of joy as well. Not only just because people, they sometimes seem like they need to hear exactly what I've got knowledge of, but also when I do get to see people maybe improving and seeming happier because of some of the things that I've shared and they put into practice, Yeah, you know, so that just kind of, it becomes a snowball, you know, it becomes this ongoing thing that you just really, you know, you, I want to, I don't want to say you become addicted to it because that can have a negative connotation, but you do, it just becomes so much a part of who you are and what you need yourself that it just, spews out on every part of your life you yeah. know yeah and it's also and it's also just like most things that are really really hard like tattooing or like jujitsu or or other things you don't ever stop learning yeah ever yeah it's a complete open i mean you know uh the doors of perception once you go down that path it just completely opens that sense of awareness to really what is possible and what how how can I build on this and live life to an even more expansive path than I am right now? And it just becomes that everyday process because it's, it's fulfilling. And even when you have the days where you're, you're trudging through the, the mucky shit, it's just like, it's that faith. It's the, it's the, okay, well, this is the best I I am doing today and tomorrow I will do better. And it's that continuous growth. Um, and I love what you said too about, um, the embodiment, like really the embodiment of that, that energy and that frequency is, I don't know if you're familiar with Paul Selig. Uh, yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. Well, he was, he was a part of the final summit, uh, in Malibu in 2019 with fit for service. He oh, actually, we yeah. got to, 
we got to actually physically be there and, and witness him uh, channeling and stuff. It was freaking crazy, you know? Yeah, I went was- to uh, one of his and Aubrey's events out here in New York at this church. It was this very crazy experience where he channeled in the guides, you know, uh, came in and channeled through him. But what they say is, uh, you know, your being is your service. That is how you, that is how you are of service in this world. And when you take on that embodiment of that frequency and of that, um, that light really, then on an energetic level, you're giving others permission to do that same thing. And you're creating that curiosity. You're creating the, damn, this guy seems like he's really fulfilled. He seems like he's, he has a lot of joy. His heart's open. Like, how do I get that? Like, how do I, yeah. you know, and it's really, it really, it's infectious. Like, yeah, it really is. And then uh, even to what you were saying before about kind of that, that catalyst that set you on that path. Um, it's one of Eric Godsey's quotes that he brings up from Carl Jung all the time, but uh, no tree can grow to heaven unless its roots reach down to hell. Um, totally it really is you you really have to go don't have to but going through the darkness and hitting rock bottom isn't the end all be all you know it it you you can create meaning like you said when you're at that place you can either choose to continue to go down the bitterness or you can choose to to grow your way through it to grow your way out of it and you become so familiar with the darkness so familiar with the shadow that then as you as you grow as you expand into into that light um you you get so much compassion for other human beings for for their lives and and it's that's that's the teaching i think you know is, is yeah like, well and the like, compassion the compassion is even more genuine in a way than just like i just want to love people yeah it, it, it becomes more genuine and almost denser uh because you've gone through the thickness then there's there's empathy there's solidarity like they're they're starting to tell you things that you may have already experienced maybe the maybe the catalysts are different or the outcomes are slightly different but the principle is the same and so then like you're able to then go oh i kind of know what you're saying i've yeah. actually experienced something very similar and this is how i got out of that yeah this is how i got through that and so then it it does it equips them and that with anything as well like you learn so much more about the thing you love when you teach it as well, because it makes you dive in deeper. And so, and just like anything else, if you really, really love something, you got a brand new pair of shoes, you got a brand new car, whatever it is, you really love it. You want to tell people about it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and it's like, how much do you really love something if you just have no desire to tell someone about that thing? So it just also confirms your love for it whenever you almost like can't help yourself. You know, you don't want to project and you don't want to like say it out of, out of turn. But like, and some people aren't ready to receive certain information at, at a given time in their timeline of life and learning, right? But man, if you're not like on a certain path or on a certain point and you're really passionate and in love with something and you're just never talking about it and never sharing it, that's almost more of a disservice than the people that don't ever go through struggles and don't have anything to give. You know, that's, I think that that's ir- irresponsible. Yep. Yeah, you, know? you do. You take on that responsibility. It's that weight. It it is that. It's that. It just being that example and and sharing sharing the the depths of the journey that you've been through. It's it's medicine. It it is. Yeah. Medicine. Well, and and they also 
they also, they, as in the person that maybe you are quote unquote helping at the given time, or they're, they're desiring some of your wisdom or input. Like it's, yeah. Oh, oh, I know what I was going to say was, is that like, you know, when they see someone that they think has it all together, which none of us do, yeah. (laughs) but when they, when they, when they perceive that, and they think that you're successful. They think that you have this nice life that they would hope that they could have. They don't automatically think that you've been through struggle. So then when you tell them some serious shit you've been through, then they are like able to exhale a little bit. Yeah. They're able, they're able to actually have some relief that they're not alone in that. They just, it just happened to them at a different time, which is n- not good or bad. It's just is what it is. It's relative. Yeah. But that's, I think a huge part of it is like they, they, they listen and then they're almost like, Oh, this is rad. Cause I thought this guy just had it together going back to the silver platter thing. Maybe I thought he just had this handed to him and he's had this easy life and he got to this point because things have come easy. Oh, most people, that's not the case. So then when they realize that they're like, they're like more empowered, you know, they're more, they're they almost builds their confidence because oh man, this guy got through that stuff. Then I can, yeah. you know? Yeah, 100%. It's that, that level of vulnerability um, and really being willing to, to just to share. And that's, that's how we evolve. Honestly, that's how we have these conversations of, of learning and just being able to see that reflection in others from a state of, of vulnerability and, and, and knowing that we can do we can get through anything. Humans are so, uh, so I don't know if durable is the right word, but yeah, yeah. we, we just get beat up and we are here to, to get back up, to keep going, to, to really find our strength and see like just how much, how much stronger we are within than, uh, than, than we perceived before. And that's, that's what it is. That's what we're here to do. I feel like. Yeah. And I, and I'll, I'll say, you know, um, if we are indeed all created in the image of God, so therefore we are all versions of God, you know, we are all capsules carrying God and spreading the light and love of God. Then all you're doing when you're looking at someone else is seeing another version of God at a different point of that development of that capsule. And sometimes you're looking at someone that's way more developed. And sometimes you're looking at someone that's right there with you. And sometimes you're looking at someone that's behind, but not behind in a negative way. Like you're, you have more, but when you have that kind of understanding of someone, it, it, and if you love yourself, then you will love them because you are required to, because you were loved. And because you are meant to spread love only. Now, it looks different sometimes. Sometimes it looks like conflict. Sometimes it looks like uh, no longer being around that person. Sometimes it looks like asking them to be in your life. But when you have that, that kind of understanding that we're mirrors and that, that those mirrors are just in different places and that, that God is within them, then you you not only not only should just respect them more because they are just another version of you and vice versa that i think it will only cultivate more desire to treat people better at the very least 
just treat people better. Treat others as you would like to be treated. And so 100%. if you don't treat yourself well, then you're not going to reflect that outwards. I mean, it's yeah. I love all the cliches because they just, they carry so much truth. They, yeah. that's why they exist. <laughs> I think they, yeah, a buddy, they, a buddy they can't mine, go away. <laughs> a, buddy, a buddy of mine once said, I forget who said it. I wish I could give him a shout out here because he once said that life gets a lot better when you learn that the cliches are all true. Yep. <laughs> so spot on. Uh, I love it. Hell yeah, man. Well, this, this has been so much fun. Um, I learned so much. (laughs) I feel like I learned so much. Um, thanks. Thanks for, for doing this. I'm, I'm excited to have more conversations and and do this again. Yeah, dude, I, this has been equally for me a, a blast and, um, you know, sharing, sharing my story is an honor. And also it helps me have a better understanding of how I've gotten here and, and, and increases some gratitude for sure. I hope that whoever listens and stuff like that can, can find some solidarity and some encouragement by it. Um, and also, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm just thankful for people like you in my life and I'm honored to be on this thing, man. So, um, keep doing it, you know? Yeah. Thanks, man. I feel, I feel the exact same way. Um, why don't you let people know where they can find you on Instagram? If they happen to be in Nashville and want to stop by and get a tattoo, they want to fly to Nashville and get a tattoo. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, actually some of the, some of the sisters, you know, from fit for service are coming in January. Yeah. We're making a day of it. Yeah. Like uh, Sally and uh, uh, who else? I forget who else, like off the top of my head, Sally was the the first person to book it, but there's going to be three or four of the girls that are going to spend the weekend here and we're going to hang for a full day and tattoo, um, which I'm looking forward to. But um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really only on Instagram and then I have a website. So Instagram is just at Russ tattoos, super easy. And then my, my website is tattoopatriot.com. And that you can find some info about how to book and it has a portfolio and has a little bit about me section. Um, I own a tattoo studio. It's a private studio um, called The Quill, um, which comes from like the writing quill. I, it's, it's fitting because one of my slogans or mantras is helping others tell their stories through tattoo. And so it's the idea of a sharp object being dipped in black ink and then you know being used. <laughs> so that's why it's called The Quill. Um, and so, yeah, it's a private studio, so super chill. It's just you and I. So obviously I'd be happy and honored if anybody wants to trust me with their body and their story. And, um, and so you can book through the website, through my email and, uh, yeah, let's come and hang out and learn some stuff from each other. Cool, man. Yeah. I'll, I'll make sure to link to, uh, to all of that in the, in the show description too. Um, awesome. Thank you. But hell yeah, man. Thanks again for, uh, for st- doing this it's it's been great i love it yeah dude the pleasure's all mine my friend thank you again brother yeah of course